ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. Today we have two guests. They are Professor Marnik de Kempo, a research professor of marketing at Tilburg University in the Netherlands and professor of marketing at KU Leuven in Belgium. His current research interests deal with recession marketing, the impact of product harm crises, the effectiveness of loyalty programs, and the drivers of private label success. And with him is Els Heisblex a professor of quantitative marketing at Tilburg University in the Netherlands. Her research focuses on modeling consumers' shopping behavior and their responses to retailer and manufacturer decisions, such as shelf layout, price, price promotions, branding, advertising, stockouts, and assortment decisions. We'll be talking about their research into the efficacy of digital display ads. Els and Marnik, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. Same here. In other episodes of the podcast, we've discussed research on display advertising and website quality. Spending on digital ads already accounts for a little over half of the total media ad spend, and it's only projected to increase according to Statista. Digital display advertising in the U.S. is forecast to reach $107.91 billion by 2023, which is why your research into when and for which types of products display advertising works is critical for practitioners planning their advertising spend and thinking about the return on that investment. So your primary question, the one which is hard to believe that nobody has really taken a good look at before, is if these digital display ad investments for CPG brands actually result in sales. And previous studies have explored how these ads might widen reach, generate brand awareness or purchase reminder. But the question is, if the rubber meets the road and do they drive sales, you you guys are the first ones to really look at that. Is that correct? I think that's correct. That's amazing. And you mentioned this in your paper that articles assert all sorts of things about their efficacy, but they haven't actually, they don't actually have the data necessarily behind it. In the real world, most companies have 360 degree campaigns where they don't only use display advertising. So when you looked at this. Did you also look at display advertising in the context of the campaign, in a, a larger context, Did you, or was it only display ads? We were lucky to have information for a large set of brands on their use of different media. And so what we could do is uh, look at how the budgets were combined, so whether people spent in different media simultaneously. I must admit that we didn't have information on advertising content. So in terms of campaigns, uh, as far as content is concerned, we couldn't look at uh, interdependencies, but uh, concurrent spending levels were very interesting to us and that we studied. And when looking at the efficacy, you were also looking at the product characteristics themselves to see if that was related to the efficacy, right? Yes, we we, we looked at, at, at a number of those characteristics. Among others, we looked at uh, the involvement that consumers may have or on average have with the category. We also looked at, say, whether the category were more hedonic in nature or more uh, utilitarian in nature, because those characteristics typically 
affect the processing style of, of advertisements. And that may then help determine to what extent uh, display ads are more or less effective than some of the more traditional media like television and print. Because some of these things become important as our conversation continues, can you define what those things mean and how they combine and then give examples? High involvement means what? It For a consumer, it's what, that they take a lot of thought to pick it out, the product? Well, you can say that it's an important decision to the consumer or that they pay more attention because uh, making the wrong choice may may have more consequences, for example, because of social risk or because of financial risk. For example, salt, uh, to put, uh, say, on the meat, is typically not a very high uh, involvement product. But if you would buy cosmetics, that is typically a higher involvement product. I see. Okay. And so that's sort of one access, high involvement, low involvement. And then the other intersecting access, utility versus hedonic. And so utility, it's about what it does for us, a microwave, toilet paper, um, salt, Uh, but hedonic, what what would fall into that category? Hedonic categories would be those where uh, that are more closely linked to indulgence, where people uh, get pleasure from consuming the category, whereas the functional or uh, less hedonic categories would be the ones that sort of do jobs for us that are necessary, but that we do not necessarily drive uh, derive pleasure from. For instance, uh, washing uh, detergents for me would be functional, whereas uh, consumption of, let's say, alcoholic drinks or uh, salty crackers would be more <laughs> Yes, exactly. Which one is your favorite? Yes. I, I, okay, perfect. Uh, now, because I think your bottom line is so important and I want to make sure we don't get pressed for time, I'm going to do something I usually don't do in these types of interviews is I'm going to jump immediately to the conclusions and then we're going to work backwards into the why behind the results as time allows. For our big question, does display advertising work to drive sales? What's the answer? Typical academic answer. It, is, it depends. Ah, you can't do that. There's a, there's still a, there's still a kind of a big headline though, right? It depends because the answer is. Well, it depends on the category. That for for example, low involvement utilitarian products, we don't find an effect. While for other categories like high involvement or high involvement utilitarian or hedonic products, we do find uh, that there is a significant uh, sales uplift. So that's a first level of dependence. Another level of uh, dependence is whether you use uh, the medium as on its own, even though it's rare, some brands may not use it in in combination with with some other uh, media. And then it also depends on on the spending pattern, whether you you spend it in a more uniform way or whether you do it in bursts of sometimes heavy display ads and then very low levels or no no, uh, display ads. So these are three factors that help to explain the it depends. But I do want to circle back to make it really clear for listeners who, who might be sitting in a product category. For the average consumer product brand, the ones that are low involvement utilities, detergent, it isn't particularly effective, correct? Is that a fair? That's correct. 
Okay. I think that's a big deal. I just want to like, I, let's like, let's not hide it. <laughs> so that's news, especially when you think if display advertising is forecast, you know, $107.91 billion in the U S in 2023, that could be some misspent dollars, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's pretty important. And so um, don't hide your light. <laughs> Let's emphasize here, this is, again, an average effect for this kind of uh, right. product. So this does not mean that there will never be a brand or a circumstance where display ads may be working. Like when what else was saying, we didn't have the advertising content. We looked at, at the budget. Uh, so uh, we report the averages for the brands that fall in that low involvement slash utilitarian category. This does not mean that in no circumstances will this ever be effective, just, just to be on the safe side. Okay, to be on the safe side, there are caveats, yeah. there are things, but it's it's worth thinking about. Yeah. So it depends. Let's still drill in a little bit to this depend. When we're talking the, the high involvement hedonic categories, those things, it seems to work. Did you compare how it performed versus television or that it had to be in combination with television? How should we think? Because again, marketers are, are planning campaigns. Yeah. Where should they be leaning in or does it matter? Or is it part of the campaign? How should they be thinking about it for these high involvement hedonic categories? So when we talk about high involvement hedonic, we did compare to the other media, the traditional media, and we find no difference in uh, effectiveness with uh, advertising on TV, for instance, and also with print, the difference is minor. So they seem to be comparably effective, you could put it that way. Mm. But what is also important is that it's the combination that is important here, and that when you talk about hedonic high involvement categories, uh, it is particularly effective to combine different types of media, for instance, to have both TV ads and display work together. And the reason is that they have uh, different strengths that complement one another, uh, which makes them even more effective in combination than what you would have by just summing up the two types of effects. I see. One of the things that marketers sometimes say, not when they're talking to their bosses, but they'll say to one another is spray and pray, which means they just saturate every medium and they hope it works. Are there times when this is actually detrimental, that there's a downside to spraying everywhere? Uh, yeah, I, and correct me if I'm wrong else, but the, the high involvement uh, utilitarian products uh, there it's actually detrimental uh, to combine multiple media. So in your terminology, to spray everywhere. <laughs> now, why is that? How come in this category where this is a high involvement utilitarian product, why is this detrimental? What is it about the way the consumer approaches that product that makes it detrimental? Well, the reason is that in those uh, high involvement utilitarian categories, consumers are likely to look for information and try to get information from the advertising messages. And if you combine different media, the problem is that they might get confused. For instance, in uh, this particular instance or in our study, we found that especially print advertising combined with display could be detrimental. And uh, we believe we couldn't really 
um, drill down to the mechanisms, but it makes sense to us that the reason is that consumers, if they see a display ad and they want to get more information on this high involvement utilitarian product, they can uh, click on the ad to get that information. And so there's little to be gained from having additional print ads. In contrast, the information may be more confusing to consumers than uh, illuminating or giving additional insights. That seems to be what is going on here. Mm. Apart from being confusing, it may also be that consumers are getting bored or that they may find it tedious. Because mm. for some of those utilitarian products, you may want to have some information, but that's not the most fun part of your day to read that information on those utilitarian products. And if you then see that repeatedly in different media, you may get the reaction or I've seen that already. Why do I still have to read this a second time? <laughs> this is true. Uh now, part of the reason, if I re- read the study properly, that the display advertising wasn't particularly effective was because the medium of television, this is for those low involvement utilitarian products, is that the medium of television, because of how it behaved or the medium of print, was just better to deliver what the consumer wanted. Was I understanding that properly? in terms of the the impact of the actual medium that was delivering the message? Well, when you think about high involvement utilitarian, consumers will be willing to look for the information and then display can be very effective because it gives consumers an opportunity to click through and get more information. If you're talking about high involvement hedonic, consumers may be more interested in having this visual type of information or information that creates an atmosphere. And then you are absolutely right. Uh, TV seems to be a better suited medium to provide that type of uh, context or information or uh, aura, if you want to call it that, than uh, display advertising would. So there is certainly this medium effect that does or does not align more closely with the type of thing that consumers want to get from advertisements. Right, because what they're expecting, what they're looking for for the product for the particular product is actually slightly different. One of the things I was curious about is obviously you studied this at this point in time, but concurrent with this, we have a situation where television as a medium and ad- advertising supported television is is waning. Do you anticipate that these results might shift as that medium itself becomes less watched. And I guess then there were the other piece is how does social advertising play in? And was social advertising part of what you studied? I couldn't, there was an other category in what you looked at, but I wasn't sure if that was social, if that was in there. The other category, I, to be honest, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure but I, what, what definitely went in there was limited billboard advertising, uh, limited movie theater advertising, or mm-hmm. also if they used a medium very, very infrequently so that you didn't have enough instances to really make a, a soundly underbuilt uh, statement mm-hmm. uh, on their effectiveness. Okay, so we're, so for all of these products, there wasn't a social component. I've just been looking at it and I'm, purely curious. I know this, it wasn't called out in the study, so I know we're going off book a bit here, but as people are making purchases 
directly off of Instagram, for instance, especially with a lot of these like makeup products and things like that. Is that something that these, these brands just weren't doing at the time of the study or was it categorized differently? So it wouldn't have been captured here. Do you, do you remember this else? My guess is that it was either it was used too infrequently or it was not recorded by the data provider. Um, if it had been consistently um, classified as, as a separate category, we probably would have studied this as well because it's definitely very interesting. Right. Yeah, and it's a combination of both reasons, as far as I recall. Interesting. I was immediately curious about how social fit in because it does in some ways straddle in terms of the way people interact with social. As a platform, people are getting entertainment. They're getting entertained by social. And so where they are emotionally when they're consuming on that platform is similar to television. And yet it has the click-through capacity, the interactive capacity of a display ad compared to, let's say, a television ad where it's purely broadcast at you. So I was curious. That's for the next podcast. Exactly. Now, some managers pulse their advertising rather than have a consistent spend. And you mentioned this earlier when you were saying, you know, the caveats to the study, this is this is one of the things that influence how things go. How should people be thinking about their spend? Is pulsing it effective or should it be more consistent? Well, there, our reasoning is that, again, it depends on the medium uh, because the media work differently. If you look, for instance, at display, there it's what we uh, would call a retrieval medium. And that means that consumers can easily choose to ignore it. The bandwidth is typically low. They can look at a site and just not look at a display ad and still work uh, as they would like to without being bothered by the ad. But um, if you have TV and the advertising comes up, as long as you sit there, there's little else that you can do. So it depends on whether the medium is sort of intrusive or isn't it. And it also depends on how consumers can uh, choose the pacing, whether they can go back to the medium uh, at in their own time, at the time of their choosing, or whether they can just see it when it appears and not afterwards. So that is one of the things that comes into play. Uh, also, to what extent consumers actively process the information that is given by the medium will be important. If they really process the information, chances are higher that at some point they get fed up compared to a setting where they sort of subconsciously made a note of the fact that the brand name was mentioned, but do not really uh, encode it very actively in memory. And so what we think is that if you talk about display, for instance, the encoding is more subconscious and uh, the uh, ad is less intrusive. And so the risk that consumers show reactants that they become fed up with the ads is much lower. Uh, in contrast, it is more important for those types of ads to build up uh, awareness cumulatively and be present on a continuous basis and less so than for TV advertising. So consistency of spending is helpful that this helps get that message that that it, it might be a slow burn yeah. that's going on. And also, I, I suppose if we think in display advertising as, as it's awareness, purchase reminders, or these other things, that it all of those factors 
eventually tip you into that purchase place. They just maybe don't do it right away. And so that's why the consistency is so important. Is that fair? Yes, that's true. And we also find that uh, display ads work better for already established brands, which again suggests that it's better at keeping the brand alive, making it salient in memory uh, all the time, rather than sort of surprising consumers with new information. That's interesting. Earlier in the year, I had interviewed a gentleman who did the research into product placement in films. And in that situation, it was more effective if it was a relatively unknown brand that if we take the big ET example, had it been M&Ms instead of Reese's Pieces, it may not have been as effective at generating awareness for the candy as it was with Reese's Pieces, which at the time were relatively unknown. So that's it's an interesting difference that this is more effective, the, the better known brand. Did you look at the nature? You didn't look at the nature of the display ad itself, right? No, we didn't have that data. I was, I was curious because there are some forms of display advertising that are very disruptive to the viewer experience. So this was purely based on spending without knowing what those ads looked like, right? Uh, yes, that's true. So I guess that because of the timing of the analysis, most of the display ads that we looked at at the time were not the ones that were uh, jumping up in the middle of the screen with loud noises and that sort of stuff. I think that's something that came up uh, later on. So I cannot imagine that most of the display ads that we had in our study were of that type. Do you think it was mostly banner ads and, and things that would just be static within? Is that pretty fair? Yes. Okay. I think that that's useful for people to think of as, as well. And not that we know how these jump jump in your way ads uh, work, um, but that this particular is most likely dealing with, with banner ads. And we had covered about, about the social media, the landscape is changing. How static do you think these findings are? You had mentioned earlier about the, the nature of, well, this kind of product, they're going to be researching more. So they're going to want to be able to find that information. Are there some of those kinds of rules of thumb that uh, even as the landscape changes, marketers should be thinking about in terms of thinking how to effectively spend rules that marketers could build into their thinking when they're thinking about products and how advertising might play out? Yes, I'll just have to think on my feet here, but uh, what is still valid, I think, is that the way advertising works on TV is that it gives visual stimuli with uh, audio attached to it. And so I can imagine that if you move to online ads that are also more video-like that have sounds that have uh, moving visuals, then some of the effects of those ads would come closer to those of regular TV. And so even if the uh, media landscape is changing and people's consumption of uh, different media is changing, the characteristics of those media could still uh, be indicative of how people react. And I think that's something that is sort of going to stay valid in terms of the findings of our study. Right. So if we look at what types of things people respond to in a certain type of product, that could still be, that could be something they could apply going forward, no matter yeah. what, even if we're talking about the metaverse and running into an advertisement while they're playing a game, they think about what kind of products people are information seeking 
uh, versus not information seeking. Is that fair? Yes, true. And the same goes for the timing of the ads. People will get annoyed if they don't want to get information and they are confronted with it all the time. Whereas in other instances, they want to be surprised and uh, get pulsed advertising. So as far as the dynamic patterns are concerned, I think most of those results for different product categories would still hold uh, in the future. Yeah, and if I may add to that, uh, I personally also think that will the results stay completely the same? Probably not, because uh, there there is some evolution, but that evolution is much less dramatic than people sometimes think. Mm -hmm. I like to make the comparison, uh, like television advertising effectiveness has changed somewhat over the years. But if you look, say, at at, uh, meta-analytic studies, which basically compare across uh, tons of of published uh, studies, there is a small evolution in that advertising elasticity for television and for print, but that's absolutely not dramatic. Uh, Same thing here is that Yes, there will be probably be some evolution, but I also do not expect this evolution uh, to be dramatic. What we then also need to take into account is that probably when some of those studies that will uh, will make the claim that there are dramatic changes, uh, that they may uh, pick one or two extreme cases to demonstrate the effect. But notice that here we we looked at more than 150 different brands will actually implement those things. And before all of those would then have started to uh, adopt those new evolutions, that will again take time. So yes, I expect some evolution, but I don't expect dramatic changes to our results in the years to come. I don't know if you agree, Alice. Yes, totally. Absolutely. So one of the things I found interesting in the paper, in your conclusions, was when you were looking in your management implications section of the paper, you looked at if managers were making the right decisions, you know, for what the results appeared to be. And one of the things that was interesting was the share uh, that display advertising was of their total spend. So in about half of the brands in these categories where it wasn't particularly effective, display advertising was actually their sole medium of choice. And I thought that was really something uh, to stand up and notice that that it might this this display advertising might be generating awareness, but it wasn't driving sales for most of these, that this is their only spend and it wasn't resulting. I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. That's surprising. We found other patterns that were also going uh, against the findings, and that was surprising. I guess this uh, shows that it's good to look at the facts. Yeah, well, I, I think so. And I think that, again, it goes to what is the performance that the marketer or the ad buyer is is expecting? You know, it could be if they're saying, you know, we know this isn't driving sales, it's purely for awareness. Okay, fine. Maybe that's what they want to do. But I'm sure some of them think some of it is. It just isn't, it isn't particularly, it isn't the differentiator that perhaps they think it is. What were some of the other stand up and notice findings that you would want somebody, a listener who this is their practice area, what would you want them to 
to come away from this podcast knowing or keeping in mind? What, what I think was, was one of the, the most in, more interesting findings is that how this, the use of multiple media together, how that, uh, whether that has then an additional impact or a, an attenuating impact, that this uh, really varies across the type of product category that you're looking at. Mm. Uh, what, what you notice is that if you look at, at the frequency with which that uh, companies are using more than one medium is that the, the vast majority of, of brands combine, as you said, uh, multiple media, mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. Sp- spray around with, with multiple media. And that for a number of cases, that's, that's a good strategy and you have what we call a positive synergistic effect. But in other instances, you would be better off to, to have a more concentrated spending in, in, in less media. Right. You really have to consider uh, what type of product are you trying to sell to the consumer and that this has then an impact of whether it's a good idea to combine media or not. Right. So interesting. I I loved this paper. So thank you for doing the research. And I look forward to, as you refine and do other things, especially in the social media space, I'm so interested to see where that goes. But thank you for discussing this with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was was fun. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend, Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.